Broadcasting from Fairfax, Virginia, you are now listening to The Highlight Cast. Hello, everyone. I am Arish Kukaldas. I am the Chief Executive Officer here at Highlight Technologies. Uh, and I am excited to be joined by our Vice President of Corporate Strategy and Growth, Ashley Nichols. So we have had a, a very exciting 2023. Today, we're going to take the time to dive into the past year, uh, some of the work that Highlight has done, uh, the work that we've won, the strides that we've made for our federal customers, uh, as well as some of the internal developments and, and frankly, internal wins uh, that we've had as well. And Ashley is here to join me to talk through those, because who better to talk through <laughs> some of those wins and accomplishments than our head of business development? Uh, so Ashley, let's jump right into it. What are, walk me through some of the biggest achievements that you've witnessed uh, across the organization, both within respect of contract wins, but also more importantly, highlighting how we've been supporting our customers' missions. Yeah, uh, you know, I can, I'll start with the, you know, some of our contract wins. That is sort of the bread and butter and how we get to keep providing that stellar support. Um you know, we had some critical recompetes come up this year. Our SBA contracts, both the BPA and the task, uh, prominent of our primary task orders to continue, uh, supporting the critical work of, uh, the maintenance of all the loans that the, the SBA gave out during COVID, uh, that kept so many small businesses afloat. So we're really psyched to keep, uh, continuing to support that contract for another five years. Um, as well as uh, a recompete of our Coast Guard program, um, uh, which was a, one of our great sort of cloud and data stories. So we're really pleased to continue supporting that customer um, also for another five years. In new wins, uh, we've you know expanded our footprint at SBA into the CIO office with our support of their ITSC contract, their, you know, their IT support center contract, um, which is an expansion of both the, the type of work and the customers in SBA for us, uh, as well as in USAID, uh, PMSS, which supports the Office of Administration, which is another new USAID customer for us, but some more of the institutional support contract types of work that we do already at DDI and PPL. So, um, you know, a good story about really kind of pivoting into some new areas with some existing customers. Uh, and also a new footprint uh, in the Air Force on the Platform One contract. Uh, we've got now a few developers there in their Agile shop, which was a, a good target for us this year. And so we're really excited to, to look and expand that work. We've also expanded some of our existing programs. We got a bridge for our USAID PPL contract, which is a testament to the continued uh, critical and high quality support that that team provides uh, to USAID. So we've just, I think we've had a, a good year of, of mix of maintaining old and adding some new. So it's been, it's been pretty exciting. That, that's all uh, absolutely exciting and, and worthy of applause. And, and I'll, I'll add some color to, to some of what you talked about. So let's start with uh, SBA, the Small Business Administration. Uh, so Highlight grew as a woman-owned small business, a, a small disadvantaged business, and uh, SBA has been one of our, I'll say, anchor clients as Highlight has grown and matured. And for those who, who know or don't know, Highlight is no longer qualifies as a small business. So for all intents and purposes, 
our, our time at SBA as a prime contractor with Highlight is more or less over. But just a, a testament to what I'll say is what makes Highlight unique is that SBA going forward continues to be a critical customer for us. Uh, it continues to be a customer that we have significant focus, that we have significant investment and resources in to ensure their success. Because uh, as our uh, Vice President of Health and Citizen Solutions says, Leah Malaku, uh, we were making a difference. We are making an actual yeah. difference with the work that we're doing within SBA. Uh, we are helping small business owners stay on their feet. We're helping individuals stay in business after either an economic or a climate disaster. And these are things that are having real-world uh, implications. Uh, and so there's a great deal of pride within Highlight. And it has nothing to do with whether we are the prime contractor or the subcontractor. So these wins are significant beyond just the revenue that they bring in. And, and Ashley, you referenced the ITSC contract, uh, which is another program where we get to expand our services to SBA. Uh, so we just continue to you know, be really proud with with the work that we deliver there. Uh, yeah, those in the USAID contracts, I think, really just speak to the mission alignment we have with our customers, right? We, you know, we obviously have our, our areas of capability and expertise that we're trying to grow, but I think, you know, the focus on enabling the citizen, right, is true across so many of our contracts and really, you know, court our mission values here. So it's great to see us continue to expand those footprints. Exactly. And jumping over to the Platform One work that you spoke of within the Air Force, we talk about the work that we're doing with SBA around financial management, the work we're doing with USAID around procurement support, as well as policy support. Uh, there's obviously a core capability within Highlight that's focused around software development, application services, and DevSecOps. Mm -hmm. uh, and and wh while we didn't get into it, one of the one of the key contracts there is within our National Security Solutions Group. Uh, and that's with the U.S. Center for Immigration Services and their speed contract. And yep. the work that we're doing there around DevSecOps with these agile teams, uh, just huge credit to DHS and USCIS for the model that they operate. It, it truly is an agile development model where teams spin up to address an application, a portal, a website, and then spin down. Uh, and, and it is a model that I believe other customers could benefit from implementing. And frankly, it's one that Platform One, I believe, also utilizes to great benefit. Uh, so it's an analogous capability that I think we're able to come in and, and hit the ground running without too much, uh, too much of a learning curve. So it's an ex exciting one to to grow into looking ahead. It's definitely a model that we're seeing in a lot of other customers, and being in that space now, right? As you know, one of the great examples of how that works effectively in the federal government. Um, definitely gives us an understanding in helping other customers stand up those kind of programs. And, you know, there's a, some directives, if not official, unofficial in other large, especially national security agencies to get away from these behemoth enterprise programs with the vendor lock-in to mm -hmm. especially around systems development to absorb more of this model where they have multiple contractors um, providing these critical services but gives them the flexibility to flex up and down based on the needs of what's in their portfolio at that time. So it, it's definitely uh, sort of a the lessons learned that we're, we're taking in to help other customers for sure. For sure. And and to that point, you know, even as we grow 
into a large business and start competing against some of those larger organizations mm-hmm. who, who tend to benefit from some of the vendor lock-in. We continue to, uh, I'll say, uh, evangelize and proselytize <laughs> the benefits of you know, some of these agile development teams, paired programming, uh, and software factories, where we're bringing in uh, developers, not just from other industry partners, but also from the government, and getting them trained up to to not only develop a, a stronger sales guide, but also to eventually manage their own applications. Yeah. So as we as we look further in 2023, there's obviously the contract awards. What about some of the industry recognitions and the industry accolades? Uh, that that you've seen come through for highlight. Uh, yeah, we you know we did uh, well with the best places to work uh, coming in. You know they they close them out every year, so these are for 22. But um, we were made the list for best places for millennials to work, uh, best places for technology for small and medium sized companies, uh, one of the best places for women, and then just overall one of the best medium sized workplaces. You know that is something that we really consciously focused on, right? As we talk about changes that we have made to make highlight the kind of place that people want to work, that your work is valued, both from the standpoint on the contract, but just as a contributor to, you know, the overall organization. Um, and in addition to sort of corporate recognition, we also have uh, had a number of individuals that were recognized this year. Um, Fiona, who is our head of HR was recognized by her professional association for a rising star award. And we had four folks uh, nominated for pinnacle awards this year, which uh, was more than I think almost anybody else at that pinnacle awards that I saw and really sort of highlights first foray there. So we were all really pleased uh, to be nominated there and, you know, look forward to making an entry uh, again in the next year or so. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, uh, regarding the yeah, Pinnacle Award, so that was sponsored by one of our uh, industry partners, Washington Executive, uh, and we were obviously honored to be nominated and uh, appreciative of, of that recognition that four of our leaders were, uh, were were nominated as finalists. And going back to your your point about the the industry recognitions that were for best places to work for millennials, for women, uh, best medium sized workplace. Uh, for for technology, uh, I think a lot of this gets into uh, what what matters, right? The core values within Highlight Technologies. Um, earlier this year, I had the uh, pleasure of attending an employee ownership conference uh, along with a couple of other individuals. And one of the keynote speakers was an individual by the name of Smiley Pozlowski. Uh And Smiley is a, a recognized leader around uh, multi-generational workforce engagement, uh, specifically around Gen Z. And one of the things that he talked about is companies need to start looking past diversity, equity, inclusion. That's that's no longer enough. Obviously, DE and DEI has been a huge point of emphasis over the past five years uh, for, for companies, especially companies within the federal defense industrial base. Uh, and, and I'm proud to say that, that Highlight has always been I will say uh, a pioneer in that in that sense with respect to our diverse workforce and our statistics absolutely back that up. But what Smiley said, and rightly so, I believe, is that you also have to go beyond inclusion to add uh, belonging. Your employees need to belong. Yeah. And and he he 
um, stated a quote that I'll paraphrase here. Uh, diversity is having a seat at the table. Uh, inclusion is being able to offer your voice and belonging is ensuring that your voice is being heard. And everything that he talked about with respect to how to transform a company to get from inclusion to belonging, I'm thrilled to say uh, with, with a little bit of, you know, maybe bragging is that <laughs> highlight takes the time to do a lot of the things there, right? Mm -hmm. To ensure that our employees are being listened to. And when we get into some of the changes that have happened internally, I, I hope everyone will recognize that, that those are a direct result of our employees being comfortable enough to tell us these areas can be better. And we took that to heart. Um, and to ensure that, that as an employee-owned company, right, belonging is everyone's job. Yeah. It's not just HR's job. It's not just the CEO's job. Uh, and that there's no such thing as culture fit. Uh, the culture is constantly evolving. We're not hiring for somebody to come in to the culture that is static within Highlight. We're looking at them to come in and inform and evolve it. Mm -hmm. and, and this is a long-winded way to say that I think that the time and effort that we put in to caring for our employees, ensuring, and ensuring that they feel comfortable voicing their opinion and knowing that they're going to be heard I believe translates into yeah. some of the recognitions that we've seen within, for example, best places to work. That is entirely an employee driven survey. There's nothing that I can say to make that happen. It is all of our employees that are responding to a survey that, that determines whether we make it on that list or not. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to use that as a gentle segue into another thing that, you know, we spent a lot of time on in 23 was, the ESOP itself and rolling it out, you know, we became 100% employee owned just at the beginning of 23, right? So this is our, our first year in figuring out what that means for us, not just as a business entity, but as like a corporate citizen entity and create, creating that sense of belonging and making sure that our employees and prospective employees understand the value of that program. Mm -hmm. Um, for them, you know, while they're here, the benefits in terms of, you know, additional retirement benefits and what it means to be an employee owner and then really living by that, right? With the engagement and the levels of which we are drawing folks in across the board. I mean, I, I think this year has also seen us expand engagement with our employee focus groups, with, um, our social committees, you know, it, you know, in, in all the ways that we gather people together, um, drawing more people into even the business development process, right? And, you know, just really reaching across the entire spectrum of our employee group and not just depending on, you know, the same small groups that we go to, I think really, I hope, adds to that, you know, sense of belonging and employee ownership. Absolutely. And on the topic of employee ownership, I've been with companies that have been partially employee owned. And, and uh, Highlight is the first one that I've joined that's 100% employee owned. And, and as you stated, that was a change that was made last year. Uh, much to the credit of the, the founder, uh, Rebecca Andino, uh, to go that route. And, and certainly 100% employee owned company is, is a rare breed within the federal contracting space. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there aren't many of us there. We're, we're, we're growing in number because I think both industry executives are starting to see the benefit of converting to employee-owned versus going through a standard acquisition by a PE or a strategic. 
Um, but also there's a, a greater tangible benefit to the employees, as you mentioned, with an additional retirement benefit. And to our clients, there's a higher rate of retention. Um, so there's a better level of productivity. Uh, and so in the end, uh, it's, it's really a win-win-win. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think has truly been eye-opening for me is really how it is this additional layer of benefit on top of you know, compensation, bonus, benefits, and 401k. This is an additional leg on that stool. Um, and so it's really exciting when you look at 2023, I can say that we have 61 highlight employees who have now become employee owners. Mm-hmm. And in 2024, hopefully that number will grow and double in size. Uh, and, and Ashley, while we're on this topic, I think it's a great uh, opportunity to talk about some of the internal changes that have been made uh, that I'm really proud of. Scoops my question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, certainly the ESOP was an introduction uh, introduced last year. Um, but we're starting to see it go up with respect not just to the n- number of employees growing within the employee ownership stable, but also with respect to the stock price going up this year um, was obviously a benefit to all of the of the shareholders. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition, you know, we talked about that uh, that element of belonging and and knowing that employees are listened to. So we've got what I believe is an above industry average 401k plan with employee match. Uh, our employees provided that feedback that while the 401k is good, the vesting schedule, frankly, sucks. Mm. And so we took that under consideration. We looked at options and we updated the plan effective next year where our 401k will now vest 100% on day one. So there is no longer a three-year period, vesting period. It is, in fact, immediate. Uh, so that's one concern that we were, we've been able to address. Um, a second one was was around parental leave, and we, we've had a parental leave policy for several years, and a handful of employees, or several employees, I don't know the total number, uh, came forward and said, the parental leave policy is good, um, but we think it could be better, and we think it could be above industry average, and so what we did was we increased our parental leave policy uh, up to four weeks, and that is on top of whatever the state that the employee resides in also offers. And we have employees in 32, straight, 32 states around the country. So each, each, each state has a different set of regulations. But for an employee, it's a minimum of four weeks if their state offers nothing else. Uh, and, that, and that goes to that element of uh, are, are we listening to our employees? Yes. Uh, and, and frankly, are our employees comfortable enough to come out and voice their concerns? And, and I believe the answer is yes. Yeah. And, and I'll say on top of that, there's a lot of exciting changes coming in 2024 uh, that I can't speak to yet, uh, but certainly you can you can definitely expect that our our ESOP program will improve, yep. our benefits program will improve, and our professional development guidance and roadmap for our employees will also be improving in the next year. Yeah. Uh, so we are a company who's always of the belief that we can do better, and we're constantly evolving. And and hopefully our our current employees and and, and our clients on the outside. See that. All right, folks, did you hear that? Everyone stay tuned in 2024 for new and exciting announcements, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's, on it's on the record. record. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to add one more thing because um, I'm about to ask you some questions about 24. Um, uh, but before we who do that, I also, you know, can't uh, understate 
the how well our employees are performing for their customers. You know, we, we continue, we've got a recent barrage of new CPARs, all at exceptional. I think our average CPAR rate is now well above four across all of our programs. And um, I just, I don't want 23 to pass without, you know, acknowledging just the, the high, high level of performance we're getting across our programs. And that is really down to a T to every person on that program, right? That's not a management only situation that, that only comes from everybody just bringing, you know, everything they've got to the programs. And, you know, we're just so, so, so grateful for that. Um, And also before we switch to 24, we've had some organizational changes this year. One obvious one with, you know, the, the addition of yourself at uh, CEO, Uh, we added our new, Director of Technology and Innovation, Jim Esselgross, two new capture managers, um, and we have realigned uh, from being completely like capabilities focused. We were previously mission uh, services and digital government services, and now we have pivoted to be a bit more customer aligned for our national security solutions um, and uh, our health and citizen solutions as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that realignment and why you thought it was important to go that way? Absolutely. And and actually, in, in order to talk about that, I'm going to back it up and talk talk first about my, my, my joining highlight, yep. um, as you referenced. So I'm, I, I joined highlight in July of this year. So I'm, I'm six months in now, actually. So it's, it's been it's been half a year uh, and it's been it's been awesome. Right. Um, but coming in, one of the things that I looked at was the organization. And in talking with the board and talking with Rebecca, one of the things that I was struck by was the level of maturity with the infrastructure that Highlight had. Uh, A full back office, right, complete with the finance, recruiting, accounting, marketing, HR, and business development. It it had a, a, a back office infrastructure that was already built to scale. And for someone looking to come in as CEO, I, I could not be handed a better gift. Um, but in talking with Rebecca and the board, I said, well, the one thing that I'm not seeing here is a, a, a tech and innovation office, a commitment to IRAD. And again, with the, to the credit of the team in place, uh, she said, we actually already have a plan to go out and identify and hire a, a, a director. And this was something that was actually put forward by you know, Ashley, our head of our head of BD, as well as Kevin Long, our head of digital government at the time. So this was something that that you guys were already on top of. And it was again, it was comforting for me to know that I was coming into a leadership team that was already thinking about the same things that I was thinking about. Uh, and so Rebecca, to her credit, allowed me to come in and have a voice in terms of who we brought in to serve as that director of technology and innovation. Uh, and as you mentioned, we brought in Jim Esselgroth, who's been in for about four months now and has moved at lightning speed to stand up this office, uh, this office as well as Edgeworks, which is our innovation lab. But now that we have this lab in place and this tech and innovation office, this is ideally where our technical capabilities should align. And what it does is it frees up our previously mission solutions and digital government folks to focus exclusively on their clients knowing that they have the support from tech and innovation and Edgeworks to bring all the highlight capabilities to bear. 
So for health and citizen solutions, it allows them to focus on those health and civilian agencies. And then on the national security solutions, it frees Kevin Long up, the head of uh, NSS, to explore and focus around the Department of Defense, our key customers like Army, uh, as well as um, Air Force, uh, Homeland Security, uh, and finally the Intel community. And so it allows them greater capacity and frankly, uh, a greater cross-collaboration capability. Absolutely. Um, so before we move to 24, any personal uh, highlights stand out for you for 23? Oh man, so there, there's, there's, there's definitely a few, right? You've talked about all the BDUNs and, and, and those are near and dear to my heart given my growth background. Uh, but, but frankly, you know, it's, it's been just the opportunity to um, get involved in all of the various community give back programs, right? Uh, and, and that's one of the things that, that highlight, you know, not only walks to walk, but talks to talk. Um, and, and I'll just give them a recent example because there, there are numerous to talk through, but uh, there's an organization called ECHO, uh, which employs individuals with disabilities to uh, 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 essentially, uh, they, they have several lines, right? One is a bakery, which they call the ECHO Barkery, hmm. where they produce handcrafted dog treats, dog biscuits. Uh, but we actually engage them to build out our holiday gift boxes for all of our remote remote employees. And these were beautiful uh, boxes with, you know, uh, custom made, echo made candles, as well as other, you know, really nice touches. Uh, they were all beautifully boxed up and and sent out. Um, and so that was, a, that was a great experience to work with them on that. But the other element to this is that uh, highlight was we had the privilege to actually go and volunteer at their holiday party and going out and, and, and I, I won't even say volunteer because we ended up partying with them uh, to the point that my sister was in town and I was able to bring her. She was on the dance floor the entire time dancing um, with, with the attendees, doing the Cuban shuffle with them. Uh, I was at the ping pong table uh, playing table tennis with, 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 with a bunch of the individuals and then we had a chance to you know serve lunch to them and, 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 and staff the uh, cookie decoration, but uh, everyone was in such high spirits. It was it was absolutely one of the the, the key key highlights for me. Um, I'll I'll ask you the same question, Ashley, for for 2023. Um, yeah. So being the old timer, uh, a highlight old timer in this uh, conversation. Uh, you know, this uh, was basically my sixth year at Highlight, and obviously marked uh, a big year of change. And you know, having you know, been here going from like a $25 million company, you know, to a large business. Um, I think the most exciting thing for me has probably been this a pivot. I, I always call it highlight 2.0, right? Which is, you know, just the, the next in our evolution, um, in, in our space and everything that that brought, you know, from our new leadership, from our new team members, you know, the renewed, kind of energy, you know, around, you know, not just where we've been, but where we want to go, uh, I think has been the most exciting part for me, you know, the increase in our philanthropic, you know, engagement that now extends beyond just sort of, you know, philanthropic activities, but to, to partnering with the Tommy Nobis Center in actually both business and social, you know, uh, 
social causes, right, to sort of, you know, like live what we espouse, right, which is that, you know, you know, yes, we're a business and we're here to make money and to succeed as a business, but but also to be a good corporate citizen, then the two do not at all, you know, they're not mutually exclusive and in fact can be fundamentally enhanced by those engagements. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, highlight 2.0 kind of across the board is what I'm going to take away as my, my personal highlight for the year. Um, yeah. and for, for what it, what it brings for 24. And, and, and that's a perfect segue. And, and I think what I like to say is, right, do, do good as you do well. Um, and, and they're not yeah. mutually exclusive. We can, we can make money while also mm-hmm. helping people, right, and, and having positive impacts. Um, so with that, actually, you talked about things like the Tommy Nobis Center and our, our, our engagements with them going into next year. What are, what are the things that you're looking forward to most in 2024? Yeah, 20, 2024, a uh, lot going on, a lot happening. Uh, you know, obviously, we've got some new partnerships. Um, one is with the Tommy Nova Center, and that one is, you know, signed and sealed, so I can talk about that. We have some new burgeoning partnership relationships with that I will talk more about in 24 as well. That's my teaser. Uh, as soon as we get uh, the, 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 the ink dried on some of those agreements, um, but I think there's going to be a lot of continued uh, GWAC activity in 2024, right? NASA Soup, um, Army, ITES 4 should come out at the end of that year that um, are not only, you know, critical to a company, but they also offer, I think, access into some new customer spaces um, and uh, just, you know, being able to bring the highlights branding capabilities into some new spaces through through these new GWACs. And so I'm excited about that. Um, and diving into uh, the alternative procurement world. And when I say that, I mean like SIBRs and OTAs, um, you know, uh, BAAs, broad agency announcements, things where we're really going to be able to leverage uh, what Jim and the team uh, do with Edgeworks, right? Um, and bring some innovative thinking, some R&D type engagements uh, into our existing and new customer spaces. Um, and just to see what the lab does, what they decide to focus on. We obviously have some some initial projects that we've been focusing on uh, that, you know, are sort of legacy that brought into, uh, you know, that we were already working on before Jim came on board. But, uh, you know, his engagement across the organization to bubble up important innovation from across the workforce uh, I'm really excited to see what kind of ideas uh, our teams are bringing for both their customers or just, you know, speculative uh, for new customers. Um, and one of those projects that was already underway was, a, you know, something we developed for an Army customer that we've, you know, evolved out into a broader offering called Atlas, which is really around software uh, and asset management, which is a continued challenge, especially across the DOD. You hear about it, you know, from the DOD CIO down to Army CIOs to our individual customers. And, you know, we have solved it to a degree for one customer. We really want to roll it out and meet those needs across the customer. So really getting Atlas some traction and, and helping uh, DOD solve, you know, a really big known challenges is some of the things that I'm looking forward to in 24. Um, so now I'm going to flip it to you. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna run with the offerings and, yep. and and I'll add one more, but I'll talk through the offerings. You talked about Atlas. I'm going to talk about a second one called Mission at Scale. Yeah, uh, and, and that's one that that when I came 
on day one, uh, that was one that I was immediately in love with. And uh, folks who either follow me on, on LinkedIn or see me in my LinkedIn posts know that I put this mysterious hashtag at the end of <laughs> most of my posts, uh, which is 550 and seven. And for anybody that's listening, you now get to listen to the, the story behind that hashtag. Uh, in 2020, uh, I mentioned our commitment to Small Business Administration um, today, but in 2020, uh, Highlight was selected to manage the oversight of the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP. Uh, we received a call from the contracting officer on a Friday, and they asked us how long we could get them, how long it would take us to get 500 resumes uh, to them for this program. And we said 30 days, which was an aggressive timeline, we thought. Uh, they responded back saying, okay, you have seven days. And so over the course of the next seven days, we worked, we toiled, and I'd say we in a very loose sense because I was not a part of Highlight at this time. So I take zero credit for this. Ashley was. Um, but in seven days, we handed over 550 viable resumes to the customer uh, for the PPP program. And, and how can I say that it was viable? Because in 30 days, we had 500 employees on contract seated supporting the government. So this type of staffing excellence does not happen by chance. That happens through a very, um, very mature and a very established process that encompasses not just recruiting, um, not just program management, but it, it, it encompasses all aspects of, I'll say the PMBOK, it covers all aspects of uh, human-centered design in terms of how we operate and how we do it. Uh, and it gets into the broader methodology that, highway, or that Highlight has coined Highway. And so taking this, this capability that we did for SBA, which resulted in us bringing in 3,000 loan officers in three months to support the PPP program, and applying that to other large-scale staff augmentation projects is how Mission at Scale uh, originated. And we have that in place, uh, and, and it's one that I believe is, is absolutely a, not just a game changer for, for us, but absolutely is a potential game changer for our clients who are looking to not just scale large programs, but to scale quickly and effectively. Uh, so just an extension along the offerings there. Um, and, and did you want to talk a little bit about ESOP happening? I do. I do. That's the, that, thank you. Absolutely. That's the next thing that I'm excited about is we talked about ESOP uh, and the, the lack of the dearth of 100% ESOP companies that are federally focused, entirely federally focused. Um, I think if you're going to look at across the entire contractor landscape, probably less than 10% of those companies are ESOP in some form or fashion. Fewer are 100%. Um, but that said, the government is starting to recognize the value of ESOPs supporting them. And I already talked about some of the benefits, the intangible benefits that come with ESOPs that have been statistically demonstrated through higher retention, um, a greater level of productivity because of the years of experience in a role. 
uh, and uh, a reduced need to of uh, reduced turnaround time of vacancies, uh, as well as um, a reduced uh, time to scale on, on uh, to speed because of the fact that we've got custom employees on on site in place already. Um, but the government has started to recognize the value. Uh, in 2021, they initiated a pilot within the NDAA uh, language that allows DOD clients to award in a sole source capacity follow-on contracts to 100% employee-owned companies. Again, 100% employee-owned, not partial employee-owned. Uh, and this year, uh, the NDA language was just released. They have continued that pilot. They've expanded the pilot. In 2021, it was nine proofs of concept. It's now been expanded to 18 uh, projects, and it's been extended from a five-year test phase, pilot phase, to eight years. Uh, so I, I think it's clear to, say, clear to say that the first pilot was a success, such that it's now being expanded, still focused around the DOD, although now it's been modified that they can use GSA vehicles. And, and I think it's, it's a huge win for uh, ESOP companies. It's a great signal to the value that um, the government is starting to see in what ESOPs can bring and the benefit that it brings to their employees, right? Uh, both the, the financial as well as the non-financial. And going forward in 2024, we're gonna see that program grow. And over time, it's my hope that that will expand beyond DOD into not just other elements of the Intel community, uh, Homeland Security, but also out into FedCiv uh, as well as uh, health services. Absolutely. All right, well, we're coming up on the end here. So I think we talked a, a good amount about what we're looking forward to in 24. Um, so since this is the highlight cast, yes. I have to ask you, what was your favorite highlight cast episode from the past year? Good question. Uh, so you talked about Atlas, and I am a huge fan of of the the tool that the Army Enterprise Cloud team built, the Highlight Enterprise Cloud team built, as well as what 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 has now become Atlas. And, and I believe that um, uh, it is an it is a challenge. Asset management is a challenge that is starting to come into the forefront. Uh, for all agencies in the federal government because of the expansion of uh, uh, technology, right? Across the board, cloud, AI, mm -hmm. DevSecOps, to be able to provide 100% visibility and to also start to automate the acquisition of software is, is I, I think, a challenge uh, that, that has not been addressed up till now. And I believe Atlas has the potential to do that uh, both within the DOD as well as across the board to DH, uh, Homeland Security, uh, Intel community, as well as the FedCiv markets. Uh, so a long-winded way to say that <laughs> the Asset Management Podcast, uh, hosted by one Ashley Nichols uh, and with guest speaker Sarah Dreyer, was my favorite. Yeah, I actually... I, I actually really like that one too, not just because I was in it, but just because the perspective, you know, we, you know, got to really talk to the people in the programs doing the work there. So I, I enjoyed hosting that one and having that team um, on there. I also uh, enjoyed the ESOP podcast, you know, where, you know, you were talking to, I can't remember your guest name, but, you know, just 
Matthew. talking more about what it means to be an ESOP and, you know, the, the community of ESOPs that are out there, the benefits. Um, uh, so I thought that was just a good one because, there's, you know, a lot of folks don't really know what it means to be one or be part of one. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go with, you know, since I can't choose my own, uh, I'm going to go with the ESOP, uh, the ESOP one. I love it. I think it was a great one too. And, and look, for me personally, it's been, it's been wonderful to, to actually meet other uh, federal, federally focused ESOPs and, and see how they're uh, seeing the same benefits of ESOP, but also understanding the, the, some of the challenges that they're facing um, that, that are in line with ours. Um, but, but Ashley, yeah. this has been a wonderful 2023. It's been a pleasure to, to, to go through it, uh, go through the mud with you for the last six months. <laughs> uh, I am very excited for uh, the, the next year and what it will bring for highlight for our clients uh, and for our employee owners. If, if I, I, I wish I uh, thought to bring champagne, we could have raised a, a glass to, <laughs> to 2023, but this is a podcast. I could have also lied and said that I have one. Right. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. uh, thank you for joining me. Yep. Thanks for having me and uh, happy 2024. I'm not sure when this is posted, but how about happy new year? Yes. Yes. Happy, happy new year. I hope everybody has a wonderful December and uh, a happy new year. And we look forward to speaking with you in 2024. Thank you for listening to HighlightCast. To keep up to date with Highlight's news and activities, uh, please follow us on LinkedIn and visit us at www.highlighttech.com. And be sure to tune in to our next episode. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect Highlight Technologies and or any agency of the U.S. government.